Hello everyone, this is JPL back for another uh, Council of Podcast Name in Brackets. And today I am joined with two very special people. Uh, returning once again, we have the good old... Werewolf. Oh, oh there you go. I'm Wolf, alright. I didn't know I was first. And the other guy. Fenrir. Yes. And today's topic will be the 2017 My Little Pony movie. First things first, what did you guys think of it? I thought it was good. Good. Yeah, I thought it was great, but uh, honestly, underwhelming. Maybe I put my expectations too high. I don't know. Never, just... never put your expectations too high on something like this. Well, no, I mean, I knew it was a movie and they would probably mess up, and even so, I thought it was underwhelming. But uh, still, I think it was great. I mean... The underwhelming and everything, I still think it was good. Contradictions much? Uh, I mean, nah, the that's fact fine. that it's underwhelming doesn't mean that it's bad. Yeah, yeah. Those two things are not specifically correlated or anything. Yes. Uh, I enjoyed the movie. I, I liked it. But I still feel like there were some uh, minor, thi minor issues with it. And uh, I think, like, the first thing we should obviously get out is the art style. What did you guys think of it? It was great. I loved it. I thought it worked. It In a very weird way, it did work. Because, you know, being someone who has followed the show and all of that stuff, it was very weird seeing these characters and this kind mm -hmm. of story and all of these things. But they, they all are basically the same at the most basic level, but it looked so different that for the first few minutes of the movie, I was honestly confused. I didn't really know what to think about it. Is this better? Is this worse? I don't know. I've been used to the other stuff for like over five years, so it was weird, but by the end of it, it really worked. Uh, I don't think it looked bad. It did look good. Oh, Alright, so we, if we talk about the general style of the ponies and whatever, I, I actually really liked it. I mean, I wish I could see more of that because I felt it was really unique and special. In many parts of the movie, the CG backdrops were actually really good. Like, with the style of the ponies, you could uh, it matched. It was great. But in some others, it was you know, it was kind of crap, actually. I did notice that, yes. And I mean, that seems to be an this... issue with a lot of um, some animations today, is that they tend to have 2D for the characters and 3D for the backdrops, and... A lot of the times you get to see that they're noticeably different from each other, so. It kind of looked, uh, there's this one particular scene that bothered me where they're like, this kind of mill thing. Yeah, the windmill bothered me. That's that's where yeah. I noticed it most. Yeah, and when they're like running away through this catwalk thing, you remember that? Yes. They just like jump from the mill wheel into that and they ju they are just running through it as it collapses behind them. It looked like the characters were floating there. Uh, it didn't feel... I personally didn't feel any impact there. Mm -hmm. Like, the CG was so distracting there. It was not consistent at all. I mean, for most of the movie, it was fine. Sometimes it looked weird, but, I mean, it's an animation. Obviously, it's going to have stuff like that. The ships looked pretty impressive with the whole style thing and everything. The only moment where it really bothered me was this scene that I told you about. Uh, when they're like running away in this very tense scene and when you look at that floor that's supposed to be underneath them it was very distracting at the moment well i mm -hmm. actually have to disagree with the ship comment 
Actually, I didn't mind any of the CG, mostly the backdrops and everything. I mean, it, it, it like in the intro where you see CG Canterlot, it was really great. It, it, it was, it worked. It was perfect. However, the ships, I feel, if I recall correctly, I don't think they even had a single bit of shading, which made them stand out in all the wrong ways. Um. I think they did. It was just very soft. Yeah, but it was too soft. So you see how the rest of the animation was that they all look really shiny and kind of like stickers with strong shading and whatever. And uh, and then the ships come and they have none. That that was the thing that bothered me the most about the CG, like the ships and everything, because they, they really they really looked. I mean, sure they were uh, well modeled and everything, but in in the backdrops and uh, with the other ponies there, it, they just looked like really bad. I don't know if I explained myself. Uh, I, I understand what you're talking about, yes. Um, so my gripe with the art style is not that it's, it's bad. I, I actually really enjoy the art style. My problem is that it's we, we, these are the same characters from the show. It's the same universe that we're playing and my problem is that it's not consistent with the show um i would think that if you're doing a project that is from the same universe we're not going into any other world and you have all these same characters same places and when you can change the art style change how the characters look um i don't think that's a good representation when you have someone else watching from the outside saying oh is this what the art style is on the show wow that looks interesting um i think yeah, I feel like they could have just kept the art style on the show, but used a different animation program. But the art style, it's not bad. I enjoy it, I, but I think it could have been better if we were doing it for and the next generation of ponies instead of just staying in the same world. Because then you go back to the next few seasons of the show with the old art style, and then you have some characters come in that were introduced in the movies, which we're going to have uh, sea ponies now. Um, now, now, <laughs> Definitely. Now it's just going to look weird when they appear on the show. The same way the movie looked weird. Well, uh, so in that matter, I think that... I think that it was great and everything. However, I never... I will never know why. Like, I mean, unless the, the only possible reason I could find digging deep in my mind why they would do this is so they want to see how much the people approve it so they can apply that same art style in some other season which I found really doubtful and I don't think that would happen but it's the only explanation I would have instead of that it, it always bugs me like why would they do well no I think my art my explanation is that they actually uh, said when they were making it that because they had to completely rejaw everything because they were using a brand new uh, animation tool. And they said that yep. the reason why they changed the art style was so they can fit with a, th with a theme that ponies are small entering a gigantic world. And then you have all every other character you see they're bigger than the ponies. And that's what they were trying to go for. I guess that makes sense, but you've also seen bigger stuff than the ponies portrayed in the old animation style. Exactly. So I think it has a little bit less to do with that. What actually the first conclusion my mind jumped to when I noticed that they were going for such a distinct animation technique um, and style and whatnot, I thought it was more to like differ differentiate the movie from the series. 
like these things are of course taking place in the same universe and whatnot they got the same characters and whatever but i'm not sure i mean of course we're going to be seeing a lot of movie references in the show from now on yes and characters maybe not it really did a good job at expanding the universe but then again, I think that what they were kind of going for, um, it's not like anyone has confirmed this, but what I feel personally is that they wanted to separate the movie from the show so that the movie would be a little bit more unique in its own way. But they're not, because they specifically said that the movie takes place after season seven and before season eight, which is where the controversy comes in. But I mean, even if you take away from the equation the fact that they said where it is connected you need to also think about the marketing standpoint and they are also trying to appeal to an audience who may not have actually followed the show so thoroughly i mean talking from personal experience when i was younger i didn't really follow any series per se I would just be uh, scrolling through the channels and if somebody, if something caught my eye, I would just tune into that and not follow the story, just enjoy the those sweet 30 minutes. So the movie also has to appeal to a bigger movie audience, movie going audience who may not have such knowledge of the show, which I think is why they kept the references to the show uh, to a minimum. Like, I don't doubt that we're going to have movie references in the show, but I don't think they put a lot of that into the movie, like a lot of show references. Um, I think the, yes. movie is, the movie is pretty well designed in the way that is self-contained. You cannot have seen the show and still get it. Well, yeah, but in that same matter, they... Uh, like Fluttershy said yay like two times and 20% cooler like five times in the whole movie so that was a bit overkill yeah and that those are cool show references but you don't need to be a show fan to still enjoy those lines in the context of the movie uh, yeah, I, yeah, I've you... noticed that um, a lot of the biggest criticism from people who have not seen the show is that they've said that the movie feels like that it will be like the best thing ever for people who've actually seen the show, um, and I can agree with that. There's lots of um, way everything's written that it feels like that only we can understand because they don't yeah. actually go over the history of the characters. They don't really go over the what the characters really are. We just give the characters like, okay, she's the vast one, you're the apple one, you're the pretty one, you're the shy one, and then we got the magic one and Pinky. And that's... Which also connects to one particular moment where I felt they were completely different characters, but we'll get to that later. Of course, when we're talking, when we're talking plot and characters, of course. Um. Okay. Now that we've got the art style going, I think the next step would be music. The music. Um. Well, you start. Um, okay, so at first, uh, I wasn't that great of a fan of the music because it seemed so simple. It just did not seem anything too, too great. Like, it was just normal, good episodes, and uh, I, my consensus was, hey, the show 
it's about the same li- as li- same level as quality as the show, except for now we have an orchestra, and uh, yeah. But I've listened to the soundtrack a few times. I've purchased the soundtrack, and I actually now I just love the soundtrack. It just I love all the songs. They're so catchy. They're so great. I just I just love it. Um, I do feel like uh, there are too much pop songs. More so, the Sia song and then the end credit song. Um, they're still catchy, they're still fun, but they don't exactly have anything to do with the characters of ponies. They seem like something that's just made for the sake of a song. Well, I mean, I have a comment, uh, I have a comment, but it's not technically on music, it's more in sound in general. Yes. Which is the thing that I said, like, as soon as I left the theater... And as I was watching the movie, something that stuck to me and I was thinking about it all the time because to me it was one of the best parts of the movie, the sound work. Yes. Not of the songs, but like the sounds of everything. So when the, whenever they use magic and you hear this lightning and these explosions, and pfft, it, it, it all feels so impactful. It, it's so well designed. I, I recall many movies where the sound just kind of sucks and it, you know it's so fake. But on this one, it felt like they really put a lot of work into it to make it sound like it was um, part of the movie itself all the time. Flame? Yeah, I would actually have to agree with that one. If we're speaking sound design, uh, I do believe the movie was great. And if we're speaking about the soundtrack itself, I mean, I think I have an opinion similar to JPL's. Because at first I wasn't really feeling it uh, it didn't feel very special but it kind of grows on you eventually so but at the moment you're at, in the theater i mean i could probably uh, out of the top of my head remember clearly the one that was my favorite that is a highlight musically to me was uh, commander tempest's song like when she captured twilight yes that's that one mm. really stood out to me and I thought wow this is very unique I really like this one that's basically the song that I took out of the theater with me question it... uh, what, what, uh, you guys watched the movie in Spanish um, we did watch it together in Spanish and then I saw it a second time in English so were the songs in English or in Spanish the first time uh, the first time we actually saw much, uh, we saw the movie together in Spanish. So yes. everything we listened to was in Spanish, including yeah. the songs. Yeah, including the songs. Which <laughs> this leads uh, to a comment that I had that it's not something that I find particularly weird, but I did find funny about the movie, is that every single song was translated, except the moments when Songbird Serenade was singing. <laughs> that was the only one in English. Yeah, that that one sound was in English. Uh, in both scenes, she is singing. Like huh. as soon as they get captured and when they're in, near the credits, and I was like, "This is very funny." I mean, of course, we are not going to dub over Sia's boys. Of course. <laughs> and I just, I just thought it. I mean, it makes sense, but I just thought it was funny because everybody else just got their songs translated and dubbed and you know reworked. Like, the tune is the same, but basically you change the lyrics a little bit to make them fit in Spanish and whatnot. And it was very funny to see how they worked around every single song, except for anything that came out of uh, Sia. And that was very funny. I thought they could have gotten away with translating 
the scene where she's first singing, when it's not like this big musical number close to the credits and whatnot. When that happened, I was like, yeah, of course it makes sense. This is the final song. The credits are coming. This is Sia's big moment, uh, our big selling point for the movie too. Uh, so let's roll with it. Keep that in English. But yes. I think they could have gotten away with uh, translating the other one, and they just didn't, even though Songbird herself was speaking in Spanish. So that was funny. I feel. I think that they just, the actress didn't just said, no, I'm not going to sing in Spanish, okay? No. <laughs> yeah like you want you want me to match Sia's quality of singing ah not gonna happen <laughs> it's weird because when it comes to other animated movies I've seen down here they always seem to translate the songs you know kind of like the full scope of uh, Sia's song in this movie sometimes they do sometimes they don't but in the context of this one I found I found it really funny because they could have easily gotten away with it especially considering that Songbird herself was speaking Spanish whenever she spoke in the movie itself so but uh, other than that I couldn't mention any other big differences between English and Spanish of course it's the language some words need to be reworked and whatnot but the soundtrack was basically the same it, it was just it sounded kind of different, but it was also the same. I'm not making any sense right now. I'm going to shut up. All right. So do, do you guys have a favorite song from the, from the movie? I already mentioned mine. Not really. I mean, I like Sia's song as a standalone song. And the fact of it being there or whatever, it, it was great. So I can say I like that, but I don't know if that counts because... And also, it's... you have not heard the English versions. Yeah, he hasn't. Yeah, he hasn't. Uh, he hasn't. Me hasn't. But even still, I mean the rhythms and whatever. And it's it's just not too good. All right. Oh, so you, that's your opinion on the soundtrack? Not too good. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's not bad. It's just not something I would like to hear all the time, unlike other songs from the series. I mean, I did find the appeal from it, but I do think. Some particular songs from the actual series are very superior. It feels like they had a lot more work put into them, work or thought and whatnot. While in the movie, you could just sometimes say, also, oh, okay, so... I also, want, I also want to point out is that the songs from the show, when we listened to them for the first time, it was really unexpected. And that's why they stood out to us back then, because we didn't really have that level of quality. Now we're just expected to have good songs all the time that these new songs, they just add to the list of good songs that I already have. Yeah, I mean, I think the soundtrack was good and it worked, but then again, it didn't feel as special as some things that have come out of the actual show. It feels, at some point in the movie, I was like, oh, so this is the point where we inserted the generic uh, song from this moment in the story, and... That's something that I wasn't expecting to say because, of course, I'm used to great songs to come out of the MLP series. But it, I didn't find it weird because, of course, this is a movie we're talking about. And then again, I do believe that it's trying to be its own thing besides appealing to the fans of the show. But then I thought I kind of expected a little bit more, even though this is not exactly bad. I don't think it's bad. I think it was good. It worked. There's a song that I really liked there. But other than that, I can't give it that much praise. All right. Um, the next thing 
that we should continue on. Is there anything else you guys want to say? Um, no, I think uh, I'm done. Yeah, I think I've uh, pretty much covered everything I needed to say about the art style and the sound. So, okay, yeah. so the next was that point. final note. The sound work is amazing. Okay. Yeah, the, the sound design overall, I do believe it was great too. I mean, I would totally watch the movie again just to notice, uh, just to pay more attention to the overall sound work. Yeah. And, and also right. in English, of course. Uh, yeah. Uh, our next point of order would be to talk about the characters uh, individually. And, you, and we can talk about a plot in order with these characters if you'd like to. All right. All right, so, so how about you open up? We're, so we're going to start off talking about the lesser characters. You know, uh, so, the, so the big actors playing the characters is what I mean. Oh, okay. Um, go right ahead. First we're one, the first one I'm looking at right now is uh, Queen Novo, the Queen Mermaid. Uh, she was fine. I mean, I, I I didn't see any any illogical, um, senseless, pointless stuff coming from her. I mean, she protected her kingdom and everything. She wasn't naive. She wasn't uh, like these. I mean, at first she was like, no, no outsiders and whatever. But I mean, that's totally comprehensible from a queen and whatever. She she didn't do that too much stereotypically. And she wasn't naive either, so I, I guess that's fine. I believe she was a good plot-propelling character. I mean, these kind of characters do show from uh, in all kinds of media, and she was just like very one-dimensional. But that's not a problem because she's not supposed to be a main focus here. Uh, like uh, my my bigger my biggest gripe is that a lot of a lot of TV shows and movies do this: is that they have this character but they also hire this big actor to play this character and they don't going to do nothing yeah who they don't use it and she's like on screen like what two minutes and that's it yeah i mean five minutes stops it's no not even five minutes yeah yeah it wasn't that much and yeah she I mean, you could consider her character kind of a missed opportunity of sorts, but on the other hand, uh, it, we're still talking about a movie that needs to be wrapped up soon by the time she appears. So she's just she just has to do her thing and have her small turnaround and then go back to exactly how she was and whatnot, and that's it. That's her role. Also, the hippogriffs, they, they were a brand new species we have now. Well, yeah, I mean, in terms of universe building, this movie did... <laughs> well, you pretty much get what I'm trying to say here. It made the whole My Little Pony universe seem so much bigger. And sometimes I, I'm not sure if that's more of a good thing or more of a bad thing, because I don't think it's precisely bad, but also I don't think we have enough MLP left to fully explore all of the concepts that they have established in this movie. Yeah, and you see, it, it gets confusing at some points because you have... I mean... So, a cat... The cat character, Capra was his name. Yes. We have Opal, who is a cat, and oh. is completely normal, 
And then we have another cat who somehow is a furry and is anthropomorphic and whatever. And not only that, but I mean, they, they either they don't explain this at all, which would be weird, but they have to tell us like what kind of, not science, but what kind of animals can be what. Because you have a bear on Ponyville and, and, and the bear has no personality, no traits, but a cat does. And also that eel type of person also does, but the bear doesn't. And the giraffe doesn't, but the zebra does. It's like they they should they should kind of define that a bit more. Yeah, uh, I can see what you're talking about. It makes sense in a way, but yeah. then again, I didn't give that much thought to it. It's just the kind of thing that works in the context of the movie. And when they're trying to incorporate it into the show, that's where they're going to have and to do some real explaining. Of course, the of course we're not really gonna mention any of these characters too much in the show we're not gonna say we're not they're not gonna bring in a giant cat character to the show because we have opal but they are gonna bring in uh sea ponies uh hippogriffs if you will to the show which is eh. i guess they could make it work but um i don't think i have a particularly negative opinion about that but I don't have a really positive one either. I just kind of want to wait and see how things work out from here. Uh, why well, I'm disappointed about the sea ponies is that they did not make the whole shoop de doo joke. That <laughs> the shoop de doo shoop shoop she doo all up on the sea on the ponies. Sea ponies. Uh, yeah, of course. I was hoping to see that in this movie. You know, have a nice joke there. But no, we didn't get that. It would have worked in whatever kind of way. Like it would be like, um, wait, aren't you sea ponies? You're supposed to be happy and whatnot. And then Queen Nova would like, be like, oh, oh what do you do? What are you saying? What now? would you expect me to go shoop de do? And yeah, that that would have been a fun little nudge there. But then again, it was kind of a missed opportunity. But I don't know. It would have been fun. But I thought they were fine as they yeah. were. Like, underused, you know, there was one of their bigger toy-selling stuff that they only had these ponies here just to sell toys. Of course. Uh, which we should probably talk about the Princess Skystar, the Queen's daughter, the chipper one. I think she was, I think she was nice. She was, she was nice, an okay yes. She was an okay character. She's just not as one-dimensional as her mother or not as fleshed out as the other characters. She's she's her thing. She worked. She was... To some point, at some point in the movie, I did wonder, do we really need another pinky right now? Exactly. I was kind of, an, kind of annoyed by the whole Shelly and Sheldon thing that kept coming up. Yeah, um, it was like, we got Pinky, we don't need another Pinky right now. I mean, we got that joke once, and then you just bring it back in, it's... Yeah, but then again, it didn't bother me that much. I, no. It just was something that kind of annoyed me at some points, but very counted points. It was just like, oh, there she goes, she's doing a Pinky thing, shoop de doo Yeah... Um, next character, Capper. We've... Capper? Okay. Uh, no, we've talked a little bit about this. Do you have anything else to uh, address on it? 
Oh, well, we did talk about how it made things seem a little bit inconsistent, but that, yeah. like I said, that's something that didn't really bother me. Like, maybe we're talking about another realm where cats are just different and whatnot, and he's just an outlaw and whatever. Overall, I thought his character was entertaining. Like, at this point, when you've seen enough movies, you know what his deal is. Yeah. You pretty much can tell everything that's going to happen from the moment he appears. Uh, one thing I felt was his motivation to just uh, lie to the villains, you know, it's just because of the button, kind of seemed yeah. like forced and just sudden and out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, he uh, strikes you as the kind of character who wouldn't really care about something like that. <laughs> I mean, I understand, you know. He's a bit hesitant, but when you just completely decide to just, oh yeah, screw it, I'm joining the ponies now just because they fixed my button. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Then again, at, at well, one point I was kind of grateful that they didn't try to give us more backstory on him. Because we kind of know how these things usually play out by now. Of course. And like I said... The moment you saw him come in and be all like, hey, I'm your friend, and that song that was also pretty good. And. Flame? Yes. Uh, what were you saying? I wasn't saying anything. Okay. Uh, that was just me talking. I'm sorry that I usually do so much talking. I just. Uh, if you want me to stay quiet, just tell me about it. Ah, <laughs> this is a podcast. We're supposed to talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> So, like I said, from the moment he walks in, he has this song number, and Twilight is hesitant to trust him. You pretty much, you pretty much know how things are going to play out from there, and you also pretty much know how things went before that. Once you know a little bit more about him, so at point of the movie, I'm I'm really glad that they didn't try to spend more time trying to develop his backstory or motivation or something like that because we get it. Like, yeah, well, it's not so hard to grasp. You ha and, and also you have a time limit, and you have these other characters to introduce. Definitely. So you can pretty much get what his motivation are, what he's all about, and then it doesn't seem unbelievable also, that you... he would switch sides. It just seems a little bit unlikely, but it's not unbelievable. Also, you could just uh, just take out his um, his song completely, and it wouldn't really change anything. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I did like the song, but you... Like, yeah, his you're song, right. I feel like, is just the least significant of the entire uh, parts of the movie, because it didn't really well, advance the story. Yes, Flame? And well, about his motivation, I mean, I find it kind of understandable. I mean, he pretty much doesn't have a set goal, like a huge one, except for money, I guess. But, I mean, they fixed his button. You However, do get that he's in debt, and that's pretty much all you need to know. There's no yeah. need to tell you how he got into that debt. Yeah. Yeah, but so the thing is that, I mean, they fixed his button, and I mean, perhaps he just thought it was uh, nice and that he wouldn't want to sell to probably slavery nice ponies, so he just helped them. I mean, I don't find it too odd, just a little bit. Like I said, it's not unbelievable. It's just kind of something that happens a little bit too suddenly and in a bit of an unlikely way. Okay. So, on to uh, another char other characters that um, 
that had a very uh, rushed um, change of motivation. Captain Solano, the pirate birds. Oh, oh well, sung and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like basically here's how the conversations go. Um, hey, you can join us. No, we work for the Storm King. Start singing. Oh, you can join let's... us and be awesome. Yeah, let's do this. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> well, but I mean, if you were talking about songs not moving the plot forward, you, that really did skyrocket the plot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of feel like they probably should have taken another minute there to have a better argument than just saying, just come on. Be awesome again, and that's yeah, exactly, their ultimate. That's exactly what I wanted to say. It's like, I mean, sure, if they want to sing and 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 then turn their heads around, fine. But just to be awesome, I mean, it's it, it, it's a bit faulty, I guess. They they could have motivated them some some way else that isn't being awesome. Like, because if you're at least a little bit. If you have a, at least a little individuality, it would say, well, I don't care what you think, it's awesome, I'm still doing what I have to do. But that's the thing about these characters, they don't think they're awesome, they don't like what they're doing, they're basically being forced to. So you can see the main characters take advantage of the clear grief that this work line is putting into these characters, and they say, oh, you don't need to be this, you have to be awesome like you were before, and well, that's... Uh, that's kind of the way I saw it. Well, yeah, but what if the evil king or whatever said they were awesome by doing that and sang a song about them being awesome delivering packages? Well, there's a thing that's saying that you're awesome and there's another thing that's feeling awesome. They really liked how things were before and now they are not allowed to do such things. So they know that they're not awesome. They are not feeling awesome even if somebody else tells them that that's awesome. Like, I could just imagine that these characters were just being on the verge of just trying to revolt against the Storm King. <laughs> and, like, just anything could have just said, you know what, uh, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to be bad again. Like, maybe the cup of soup just was too short or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of rushed, but you could also understand that without being told that much. Or at least that's how I felt it. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, it was great. It was an entertaining song. And the whole thing, what's funny about these movies that uh, it uh, really understands that there's a lot of things that you don't really have to rub in your audience's nose for them to get it. Like, from the second you see Rainbow Dash is going to do her Sonic Rainboom, you can immediately tell, oh no, something bad is going to happen if she does it. That's why Twilight's going crazy over it. We can get to that later. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought you said we could also talk about plotting the context oh, yes. of the character. Uh, yeah, but uh, you're going into Rainbow Dash's character a bit, but if you want to go, go, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just trying to drive the point forward that... Okay that you know that's a thing that this movie does great about its characters like you can tell things without them being basically thrown at you like a lot of other movies do okay um another thing about the pirate captain is i did not know that the actress playing the captain could sing <laughs> yeah that that was a bit of a surprise so like we if you guys know, she's played by Zoe Zaldana, who 
Um, if you if you guys been watching, she's she plays Gamora in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I'm aware. Uh, Nick- I don't know if Flame Wolf was though. Uh, I wasn't. No, she also plays like Natiri from Avatar. And, uh, yeah, Okura from the new Star Trek series. Stop it, cat! No, <laughs> I have a cat in my room now, so she's making a mess. She heard you talking about cat, or wanted to fangirl over him. Uh, and also, uh, uh, stop, stop, stop! She's playing with my wires right now, so <laughs> I can see how that can be troublesome. Yes, very troublesome. Uh, go on. Uh, Flame, were you saying something? No, I was saying that I wasn't aware of who she was. All right. Oh, yeah, and you, JPL, were saying about how uh, that was interesting. Yes, did not know that she could sing. Now I do. She does a lot of stuff. Yeah, and it was decent. All right. Uh, next character. Let me think about this. Who's next? Going through the list here. Uh, Grubber. Excuse me? Grubber. Oh, okay. You go ahead. Um, I I feel like he was a very unnecessary character. Uh, yeah, I can get behind that thought. Yeah. Then again, every one of these movies uh, needs a comedy relief, so... But no, he was here for forced comedy. Like, none of his yeah. jokes I found funny. He is basically the Jar Jar Binks of this movie. <laughs> yeah, you got a point there. I didn't think he was necessary either. I mean, the actor playing him, naturally, he's a funny guy. But, yeah, this it did not work well here. Stop it, cat. Stop it. <laughs> I mean, I could see why they put him in there, but also I think he could he could have been... You know, implemented better. Like, yeah, he's, you can tell like he's just the character one to get the actor's name on it. Shush, and uh, <laughs> stop it! Get off my desk. <laughs> She's knocking things down. Sorry. Whoops. Uh, anyone else have anything else to say about Grubber? Yeah, I should keep talking about that while you deal with the problem. So I do believe that he was a little bit unnecessary, and but I do think also that he didn't overstay his welcome like whenever you saw him it was just like yeah this character's here okay he let him worse. do yeah he could have been he worse. definitely could have been worse so that's what i mean by he didn't overstay his welcome he pretty much appeared from time to time did his thing it wasn't funny it didn't help the story in any particular way but then again it was over before you knew it uh-huh um, Flame, you got anything to add on that? Not really, you pretty much summed it up. <laughs> yeah, he's a pretty <laughs> easy character to nail. He didn't have that big of a purpose. Except that he liked cake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was and he, he porcupine? Uh, hedgehog. hedgehog, I think. Alright. <laughs> yeah, so uh, he pretty much is the one who spotted them as they were trying to do the thing, you know? And that was it. That's his purpose. That's his character. It's gone. Move on to the next one. Yes. My cat's being really stubborn right now. Whoops. She does not want to leave my room. Well, that's a big problem, isn't it? It is. 
Oh, maybe you can just calm her down while we get on with this. Ah, that's what I'm trying to do. Storm King. Is that who's next? Yes. Because when I thought of him, I thought MLP villain. Yes. No, not even that. No, yeah, and I wouldn't say MLP villain, and I wouldn't even say villain at all. I would just say he. I mean, he has no motivation, no background. We don't know where he comes from. Why does he want magic? Why does he want anything at all? He just, he just is bad for the sake of having a villain. Like and he was. Like it. he pretty much was just Tyrik, but a less, more goofy and just less intimidating version. I mean, he just appeared on the last part and, like, sporadically during the movie, but he didn't do anything. We didn't even know his personality until the very end. He's just evil because of evil. Yeah, he just has no reason at all to do anything. But I really don't have a problem with that because, again, this is an MLP villain we're talking about. He's just evil because rainbow ponies are good. Yeah. Not really. Look at all the other villains like Discord or, like, Nightmare Moon. They all have clear ideas of why they fight for what they fight for Dis why are they discord wants for, chaos actually the only motivation for storm king to be a villain was just like he power. said no yeah he just wanted like marketing power yeah like I just because like oh he'll get like better reviews like so the storm king merchandise will go up if we have an actual storm against ponies <laughs> yeah and that's what he and I thought and, that was hilarious i actually don't mind the storm king because i think he works in the way that he's an mlp villain we don't need an explanation for why he's evil but he still manages to carry carry his character forward by being this extremely goofy guy who takes his evilness so lightheartedly and it's he still manages to be a threat so I have like a couple things that I my, that I have a complaint about a Storm King. First things first is that he's voiced by Liev Schreiber, a very talented actor. Something like like a character, I, an actor that I do love. He's he's great, and naturally his voice is intimidating. Um, he tends to play the main villains. You probably yeah, uh, you probably know him as uh, from X Men Origins Wolverine. Have have you guys seen that? Yep. He played a uh, Victor Creed from that movie. Oh, Wolverine's brother. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so like that's that's what I thought that he would like have this like deep gravelly voice because that's what his voice is normally like. But no, he gets this like goofy voice for this character that looks like it could be intimidating. But no. Then again, I guess Flame Wolf can't really comment on that because he only saw the Spanish version, so. Of course. Yep. In the Spanish version, I think he's the same actor because he kind of sounds like Cusco from The Emperor's New Groove. Nah, it's not the same actor. You know, it's an unpopular opinion overall, but... No, I, I mean I said in Spanish, in the dub. Of course. Yeah, I, I know, I'm just saying as a note or an aside, just so I don't have to talk about this. Uh, I never cared who is who. I just watch a movie and that's it. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It, uh, people say like oh this good actor is in the movie or this guy voices this guy or whatever and I really cared uh, and even if uh, if so, a character is disappointing or whatever and they say like oh it was voiced by this tremendous guy and he did a bad job this is so I mean no I just don't care who it is if the story writing is bad then the actors can't be good regardless of who they are 
I mean, sure, there's people with talent for singing who have awesome voices. There's people who know how to act better than others, yes. But in general, I I mean, when whenever they're casting or whatever for movies, I don't think they just hire any idiot that walks by. So I know it's a normal actor and it could be whoever. It, uh, I mean, it's probably a naive, naive opinion or something without many brain cells put into but it's just how I think about the whole movie thing it's like I shouldn't be disappointed because an actor played bad or good I I, I just think they're there and they're just people hence why I didn't know who Tara Strong was when she was walking <laughs> right beside me ah, that old you're, no, you're never going to leave that one down no we're not uh, we can, <laughs> uh, if we have time later we can tell that story but I think we can, but we also did in the BronyCon video, so I think we're fine. Yes, probably just mention it quickly when we talk about Twilight, but... <laughs> you should add a card somewhere up there in the... Yeah, but it's just it's just that. It's that, I mean, people freak out about actors, or, or not freak out, but just say, oh, this actor voices this character, so this character has to be good, and then the character isn't, and they are like, oh, this actor did poorly. It was like well, I, I don't, I don't think, it's think just... that he did poorly. I just it's not what I would have expected. Yeah, but it's because you have that expectation from an actor that you know, because he's an actor. <laughs> Basically, what I, what I think he's trying to say is that he doesn't have any expectations based on the criteria that a given actor is playing a given role. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much the long and short of it. It's just that because he's a an awesome actor that everybody knows doesn't mean he has to play an awesome role or else he's trash. I mean, uh, that kind of stuff. And my or, uh, So another point to that, like to also kind of express my point is that actors are never a selling point. Of course. Like of course. Tom Hanks is in this movie, I should see it. No. I think so. <laughs> it is a good marketing standpoint, but in terms of selling a movie... The story and everyone else is what sells the movie. Yeah, of course. Um, and so, and so back to my uh, my second point about my issue with the villains is that they completely just defeat the ponies immediately. Like, there's no like fight back. It's just we throw a bunch of green uh, circles at smoke thingies, uh, jars at ponies. <laughs> Circle jars <laughs> at ponies, and there you go. That's that's the end of it. We defeated the ponies. Get off of my desk, cat. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I guess that could have been explained a little bit better, but then again, we go back to the point that we need to wrap this up movie. No, well, no. Like, this is, like, from the beginning of the movie. Like, the villains completely take, like, the ponies, and my my issue is, like, the ponies, they've, like, they took a stance against, you know, the changelings, you know. They fought back. Yeah. They tried really hard, and here it was like, oh, no, they're here. We're defeated now. Ah! And, yeah, they and, was kind of weird. And, like, my also, like, I don't understand why Celestia's first instinct is to go to the hippogriffs for help. Because... At the state and where the show is right now is that we have changelings, they're now good, and yeah, they're now good, and they're ugly, but... and they're ugly, and they're, and they're ugly reindeers. Um, and <laughs> we also have the dragons. 
And so, I don't understand why. And the reason why I say that is because in the continuity of the world right now, we're after Season 7. Yes, of course. I mean, I could understand your point if we were talking about the dragons, because we have already established the spike. And he can pretty much uh, be an explanation to, oh, I know, we should go to the dragons. But when we're talking about changelings, I think this also ties to the point that I was trying to make, that the movie is trying to be self-contained. If you were to introduce the ponies, uh, the ponies, I mean the changelings, into this movie, you would also have to take screen time to establish their relationship for now, people who may not be aware of that. If you could also establish... Like, I, I, don't, I don't really think, you know, oh, let's just go to the changelings, you know that's not only the only solution. If they could have just taken a minute to say, oh no, they've already invaded the dragons and the changelings, we're the last line of defense, um, then you're defeated. That makes more sense. I guess that could have worked too, but you would also leave uh, unaware audience members with the question of what are these changeling things? And if they did show up, everyone would have to, like I said, take screen time just, to... Just say, oh, we're changelings. Oh, we're dragons. Okay, that's that's all you need to know. Yeah, I guess. I guess it could work, but I just don't see them taking the time to establish that concept from the show into the movie when they could take a uh, concept that is unique to the movie and then expand upon it in the show. I think that second option makes a little bit more sense than trying to establish something from the show in the movie. And, like, uh, my, my whole understanding of it is that I can I can forgive it in a way because they were writing the movie before we they, before they even knew that the changelings were to good were going to be good again, or the dragons were now being a part of uh will now somewhat be in good relations with ponies. Uh, yeah, they're, sti they're still in a rough patch, but um of course they couldn't have known that back when they were writing because you know Hasbro. And for the show, they don't have, like, a writing staff. You know, all the writers, they're freelancers. They call a writer and say, hey, write this episode for us. This is what this is what, what we want you to do. And they just write it. Um, in this case, they hired uh, Megan McCarthy and, some other, and a couple other people. And that's what they did. You know, they just wrote it based upon what they had. Yeah, and I think it did work. I mean, I wasn't bothered by they failing to mention the changelings or the dragons or whatnot. I wasn't distracted by it. Of course, really. you know, like, yeah, my first viewing, I wasn't so distracted by it. But after, you know, watching it again and after uh, watching the show, um, keeping the how it fits in the show... Um, keeping Why that... are not they not bringing Thorax yeah, in? Of course, Thorax. Like Thor <laughs> Thorax is a wimp, of course, but <laughs> you know. Yeah. But Dragon Lord Ember, you know, um, there's all of these characters that you could bring in, but we didn't. Which one? It's disappointing, but two, uh, it, it's understandable. You, you, you wouldn't have known that. Oh, crap! We have these characters now. Eh, we're already. Yeah, we're we're already animating a movie, so. <laughs> To me, it makes sense. They could have incorporated it, but it didn't uh, particularly suffer from not doing so. I personally have no comment on that, but about something that you mentioned before, that things that can be expanded on the show, I think I, I would love to see expanded the the idea of faulty magic. 
I mean, how does having an incomplete horn affect magic at all? That's actually something new, yeah. Yeah, it's like you're... I mean, we have seen different types of magic, I guess. But this concept is new of having a broken horn and still using magic that is somehow different. We would also have to have a, a full explanation of magic itself on the show to make that work. That would be great. It's like they just think about it or they have to like certain energy or whatever. The thing is, some things are better left vague because with some fantasy concepts, the more you try to have them make sense, the more you are capable of messing them up. And, they, and also, the show, they've forgotten what magic is because they're now just retconning a lot of stuff that they've been doing. So, <laughs> Yeah, so I'm not particularly bothered by that either. I mean, it would be cool if they gave it an explanation, yeah. But it's just some things don't really need to make all that much sense. I mean, the more you try to make them make sense, the more they are capable of not making sense. So some things usually, not usually, but sometimes do need to stay vague like that. All right. Uh... Well, yeah, not, I mean, the whole concept of magic, not, but the idea of having a different type of magic physically, like the broken horn or something. That would be great. What if a pony is born with two horns or something? Ugh. That's called radioactivity. <laughs> um, okay, so now that we're talking about broken horns, uh, Tempest. Uh, Tempest was good. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, like... I really liked her as a villain. She was kind of refreshing in the way that the most developed villain we have in the show is pretty much, I think, Chrysalis and Discord. Mm -hmm. I think those two stand out and the others are just like, uh, you could say Nightmare Moon because she was born from the thing that Luna was feeling because of Celestia's bigger role and whatnot, but then again, you also get the comic explanation and it gets kind of messy from there on, so... <laughs> I think um, Tempest really does stand out in the way that she's very grounded and she's also very understandable once you know everything about her. Yeah. Like her story. Yes. Yeah, it's really great. And that's also a tiny but little, a tiny but nice nod to the fans when you say like the Ursa Major. And like the bear actually does damage, so. <laughs> Yeah, you, you can tell from that point on if you've seen the show. Like this is no, this is no tiny thing. I mean, these things are big deal. Yes. It's no wonder everybody bought into Trixie being so awesome. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, she was a great villain. My only question is just how is she physically strong? That's that's what I want to know. She leaps in the air just just beats up these giant things. Oh, she's strong. I don't know. They don't tell us why, but okay. Let's go with it. Well, you could say that she was hardened by her travels. I mean, you never do see her get to wherever it is uh, King Tempest. Uh, King Tempest. Uh, oh. King Storm is. And uh, you also never get to see how she got to such a high rank uh, between... Uh, King Storm's uh, troops, and so you can easily uh, 
just fill in the blanks by yourself by saying, okay, so she had it rough and eventually she arrived to this place where there was this guy who was promising to show great displays of power and prowess and whatnot and then and then she would just trained really really hard and she is now this very uh, strong personality i mean i could buy it yeah anything else to say about tempest uh flame uh no not really just what i said <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was her motivation was solid her I like her backstory she she's cool. I like her design. Yeah, yeah. She she was very well designed and a very well rounded character. I do think she deserves a bit of a spotlight. I mean, amidst all the other characters, because you can you can sort of see how the main six fall into these very clear archetypes for people who have and haven't seen the show. And then you get this character who's completely different, but you don't really expect to get this uh, kind of development for, uh, like, I thought Tempest would be just bad because bad guy, like <laughs> like King Storm. But they take it a step further, and I really I'll like that. I'll be right back. All right. I really like that part of her character. It was, it was nice. I don't know. It felt strangely refreshing. Yes. And then I guess that's I guess on to the last of the big names, the Sia Pony. Sunbird Serenade. Well, she's practically Sia. Yeah, she's Sia Pony. It's kind of a meme at this point. It's, just, it's like Sia Pony. Uh, I mean, there's not much of a character there. <laughs> it's just, hey, look, guys, we got Sia. Yeah. Something that distracted me in the movies, like when they just first introduced Sia, and like before the whole like events comes in, is like you introduce Sia, you have this like joke that they says like, oh like uh, being caked, uh, whatever thing that she said, and then there's just this awkward pause. Yeah. Oh, the pony's just not saying anything, and then you hear bah! the ship comes in, and that's just like. A sudden tone shift um, and that's just something that caught my attention it was very distracting to me and I feel like that probably could have been handled better like maybe just see clouds in the background just becoming darker just coming closer something like that and then you transition smoothly into the villain comes in because now it's just awkward pause <laughs> yeah it it was kind of weird. They just jumped straight into it, right? <laughs> it's like, like, oh yeah, let's talk about bananas. Oh look, bad guys. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, bad guys. I mean, something had to happen at some point. <laughs> like, but it, yeah, I mean, it did feel kind of weird in that sense. I do believe it could have been handled better. Yeah. But wait, are we? Still talking about Sia Pony yeah. character here? <laughs> uh, yes, you know, we're just, like, buying time for Flame to come back. Oh, okay, yeah. So, Sia Pony character here. I mean, she was she was cool. I like the design pretty much based of Sia's spot on. <laughs> like, you got her, nailed it. Yeah, and... she's Sia. <laughs> yep, it's Sia, all right. Pretty, I mean, pretty I... much her only involvement was to have a song and to sell the movie. Yep. That that was it, and it worked. I mean, I didn't think she was awful. 
I didn't think she was as unnecessary as someone like Grubber. Yep. She was just she there. she was her thing and her thing worked and was fine, so I'm okay with it. I actually did this little bit of an experiment and I went around showing people um this tiny picture of Songbird Serenade. And they were like, "Oh, that's Sia. Oh, that's Sia." Oh, and I kind of wanted to know how many people would catch that like spot on. And it was I think it was funny to see like yeah you could just pretty much tell what she was all about from seeing that picture that's yeah all right <laughs> yeah um i had a thought but i just lost it what i don't remember what the thought was oh something oh. to do with sia i think Something to do with Sia Pony. Well, you should pretty much take into consideration the few scenes she was in. Like, she was at the beginning? My cat's when... purring. <laughs> she was in the no. beginning? Stop. When... No, 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 no. Stop it, stop it. Okay, okay, I'll stop it. Talk to the cat. <laughs> so, you could pretty much see her in the initial scene with the cake falling on top of Twilight. Then you got the scene where she was in a cage and she was singing and then you got the final scene and that's it so think about well, any of those moments and your thoughts should come back songboy songboy serenade <laughs> was <laughs> was that when she spoke and when she sung she just sounded so differently yeah yeah that was kind of weird like her it's accent kind of... just changes completely I don't know, it's kind of like you had to record a song in a studio and then you had to record your lines for the actual movie in a different environment and in a different time. I don't know, what could it possibly be? <laughs> uh, that's something that just comes out of the top of my head. It's not like something that could possibly happen in this kind of situation, is it? <laughs> yes, and like she's like the focal advertisement for the movie because... Um... Like, they have caught... Because for Halloween, they... Hasbro released, like, official pony costumes. And the only costume that I think they released was for Songbird Serenade. So... Oh. Yeah, that's... That's pretty much it. She's she's a selling point, and again, she works. A lot of these... <laughs> the things from this movie, I could sum them up with... It works, and... Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I've been saying that from the art style to the to the soundtrack, uh, not to the story yet. But then again, I'm, I'm spoiler alert. I'm going to say it for the story. It works. <laughs> okay, so I'm looking at box office numbers right now. Okay, and it says that ponies have a uh, like uh, surpassed fifty million last night. Oh, world, that's nice. Worldwide. Worldwide. So, Wait, now she's communicating. What do you want? <laughs> do you want in my room or do you want out of my room? The door's open. What are you going to do now? Oh, don't worry, JPL. I'm sure it'll be fine. She just sits there and just stares at me. <laughs> Is it distressing? It's annoying at times. Ah, what okay, you, then you'll be fine. What do you want? <laughs> do you want to leave? 
Is that what you want? Um, yeah, again, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, it works. See a pony. It works. It, it was okay. It could have been implemented better, again, you know, in terms of the story. Maybe the, she could have played a, a bit of a bigger part. But then again, how big of a part do you give to what's basically a celebrity cameo? Is he back? Yep, he just walked in the door. Hello. There he is. Hello. So what are your thoughts on Sia? Uh, My thoughts on Sia? Yes. Yep. Uh, aside from the MLP movie, I've always loved her voice. But <laughs> in the MLP movie... <clears throat> uh, she was fine. I don't think it was one of those things that were uncalled for. But neither was something really important. So it, it was great. It was fine. I mean... It didn't bother, it didn't do anything. It was just fun to watch. You had her song. <laughs> yeah, but as I said, that's not a plot device. It's not <laughs> something that affects the story. It's not something that is recurrent along the movie. It just is there and is great. I liked it. It's kind of like the other pop star ponies we've seen before. Yeah. Just a little less, actually, because she appeared even less. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we're going on to our main characters. Um, the minor main character, Spike the Dragon. Spike was okay. I mean, he did play his tiny part like he usually does, unless it's a Spike episode. The common sense is what Spike <laughs> is. He's, oh, well. he's there to make Twilight remember, oh, Twilight, this. Oh, okay, then that happens, you know. <laughs> I recall this one part in the theater and I was watching it with my brother when Spike uh, throws fire at a guy and he gets yeah. burnt and everything. He gets and disintegrated. My... <laughs> yeah, and my brother is like, why didn't he send the guy to Celestia's room? <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> I mean, you do know that Spike can also burn things and whatnot. That... <laughs> It's such a weird thought, like, did he send the, all that burnt hair to Celestia's throne room or something? <laughs> yeah, his fire is just unexplained at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's just, again, another thing you just accept, but the, when the question enters your brain, it just doesn't leave. <laughs> maybe it just, maybe it just sends paper. Yeah, maybe it's set to work with paper only, who knows, really. Yeah. Uh, thing about Spike, what was it? Oh yeah, his infatuation with Rarity, that whole thing. His, like, hi Rarity, when they introduced, when they introduced Rarity. That, I, it was kind of weird because the show has not done that in a really long time. Yeah! yeah it's exactly what I thought, that, um, that yeah, he wasn't in love and everything, but it... In the show, it kind of seems like he just gave up or something. Yeah. But on the movie, they just went back to it. Funny how you said that and both of us just went, Yeah! <laughs> it was weird to see because at that point in the movie, 
I was just like, oh yeah, right, Spike having infatuation for rarity is a thing. I had forgotten about that. I, I just wanted like the show to just acknowledge that and say, okay, Spike, Spike's biggest character moment, move on, and that's it. <laughs> and I thought, yeah. and I thought we had that already, because in the past few seasons he's been kind of ignoring uh, Rarity's annoyance, you know. And that's that's kind of weird. Uh, I mean, to be reminded of such a, you could say big character, and also trait. like it doesn't show up anywhere else in the movie. Yeah, they just leave it at that. It's that like, feels uh, kind of weird Rarity. because if you're going to. If you're going to reincorporate such a thing into the movie, then why not just reincorporate it for the movie, like, throughout the movie, and just keep it to that scene? Like, you keep it to that scene, and then something they could have been doing is like, oh, they could just have subtle hints, like, in the background, like, he blushes round rarity, but no, it's just continues normally. Well, we just forgot that thing happened. It's just, okay, hi, Rarity. Yeah, yeah, I did think that was weird. <laughs> like, it's it looks like something that the writer just put in, you know, just to remember how to write Spike. It's like, okay, how do I write Spike? I should put hi, Rarity. That's what I remember. Okay, uh, forget it, just Spike, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Funny that you'd mentioned that, because I had completely forgotten about that moment. I mean, that's, that's like, the moment that sticks out to me the most from the movie. It's just high rarity. Just but it was just such a tiny thing that I found it really easy to forget, even though I have watched the movie twice. Yeah. <laughs> because Spike, he doesn't really do much triumphantly. I mean, I do remember the small things that bothered me or that caught my attention, but that Spike moment completely went over my head. Get off. Just move. <laughs> Got issues? Yeah. She's being extra crazy today. Such bad timing. Yeah. Of course it's like in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> yeah, it had to be. I mean, okay. what else? I guess we should move on to the next character, uh, Fluttershy. She was there. <laughs> Yeah, she was rarely used, and she's my favorite. That was a bummer. Well, I, I kind of liked how she used her for the battle scene at the end. It's just, she was a psychiatrist to the guy. Talk about your feelings. Well, yeah, that was great. That was very funny. Also, her yay moment. Yay! <laughs> no, I the, mean, when, that's, a, that's, when a, that's when an the, overused thing at this point. Yeah, but when the I liked when the pirates are threatening them. Oh, <laughs> We are going to scar them. Emotionally. Emotionally. <laughs> Emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. That was amazing. <laughs> I mean, she's pretty much the same she is on the show. She yeah. she has not she does he has not evolved as a character so much. She's just quite Fluttershy, and that's just the way I'm fine with it. She's just cute yeah, and in the background. That's the way I love her. But they they didn't show her much. They, she didn't do much at all. I feel like in the whole movie, the main stars were Pinkie Pie and Twilight. I find it funny time. how Applejack is considered the background pony while Fluttershy doesn't even talk. Yeah, Fluttershy rarely did anything in the movie. But her moments were great. I mean, like you were saying, in the final battle scene, I, I broke down laughing at that point. Yeah. 
that was very funny. And also the whole thing with the stowaway thing. Like, we're going to scar them. Emotionally. No! No! <laughs> that, that was awesome. Like, I really loved that. But other than that, I think Fluttershy wasn't really used that much. But to be fair, neither was Applejack, so hey. Like, thinking it... Uh, I mean, Applejack. Applejack... Let's let's transition to Applejack then. Uh, yeah, Applejack was the southern farmer one. She, yeah, she was apples. Yeah, <laughs> she was apples, definitely. She was there to serve apple cider, unless there's just something I just I'm forgetting. She was there to be the punchline of that initial joke. Yes. There was just a farm that I was born in and raised in and <laughs> raised in the barn. and spent most of my infancy in. <laughs> yeah, that that was the Applejack moment. I I can't think of anything else that Applejack did in that movie. Yeah, I mean Fluttershy did have more moments than Applejack. It was it was weird, but like I said, people keep saying that Applejack's the background pony and this movie is doing stuff to cement that thought. <laughs> Hold on, let me think. Let me think. Did, did she? Oh yeah, that's right. She started the first song. That's what her use was. <laughs> that we got this. I'm listening to the song right now. She's she's the first one to start singing. It's so sad. That <laughs> I I mean, she, Ashley Ball. She's a great singer. So of course, makes sense. Yeah, but then again, I did think she was underused. Uh, of course, like, how would he use Applejack? Uh, she's the strength in this one. What? Yeah, she's the strong one. Maybe you could have, I don't know, an Applejack moment. Maybe you could show at the big fight scene how Applejack's taking more of those guys than the others. Just something like that, but they didn't really give us anything of the sort. Wow. You can hear that. It Yep. <laughs> it's weird because I think it would have worked if they implemented it like that, but they just didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Awkward pause right there, so Cat's what barfing. are we moving forward to? So. <laughs> She's barfing under my bed. Okay, that's a fun time. <laughs> uh, I guess we should move on to Rarity. Rarity. What did she do again? Oh yeah, she fixed Chopper's button. <laughs> she fixed the button. <laughs> and she said, um, uh, "I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure she said, darling at one point." <laughs> yeah, probably something about ribbons. Ribbons and taking time at the beginning. Yes. Ah. <laughs> uh, Seriously, who did anything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the ones who actually did things were Rainbow Dash, Pinkie Pie, and Twilight. Those are the three ones that did stuff. Yep. Pretty much. Completely agree here. Even in song-wise, Rarity didn't... <laughs> Give that much to the movie. No, she sung, like, in the first song, and that was pretty much it. I mean... <sighs> It's weird now that I get to think about it because now that we're mentioning all these characters and how they didn't do all that much, 
It's weird how during the movie, while you're watching it, you don't really feel that. Well, of course, because you're um, just watching you're in like, a big theater. Yeah, you're like invested in what's being presented to you at the moment. Well, yeah. And I you... really like... Hold on. Only now that I'm really thinking about it for the purpose of this podcast, I realize that there wasn't that much to it. Flame. What I have to say about that is that they did a good job distracting your mind only paying attention to Twilight. Exactly. Twilight, I mean, Twilight was is the main our focus. protagonist. So. That's what we needed to focus on, Twilight. And it made sense, because Twilight, for the, like, the first three seasons, is our main character. Yeah. And then, you know, now it's the Starlight Glimmer show, you know? <laughs> yes. The Starlight Glimmer show. Which I'm glad she did not have a line this movie. Yeah. I mean, it would have been fine. Actually, you could see her in the background, and that was it. I mean, yeah, I did see her at one point. Her and Trixie When I say she was nowhere to be found, you know what I mean. Yes. I mean, it could have been nice to have Trixie. I mean, just to have one line, but I'm I'm fine with her not having Starlight. Yeah, it was. she's not the focus. That She shouldn't have been the focus, so we're good. That's another thing that I can say was kind of refreshing because at this point you're just used to her. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting seeing how we could focus on Twilight again. Yeah. And she's still a little messed up. <laughs> and she's stressing over a party. Yeah. <laughs> a friendship party. She's actually being always like that. Yeah, but it's fun how you can start to forget that when the focus is taken away from her. Hmm. Well, yeah. after we're done with Rarity, let's move on to Rainbow Dash. Um, She's awesome. <laughs> like, her main stuff in this movie was... Uh, the pirate thing. Yeah, the pirate song, and then, ah, uh, I want to do my Sonic Rainboom. Ah, oh, yes. That, you know, I feel like that was annoying because Rainbow Dash, she is not like that. Well, no, even, even though she, that might have been stupid and all, I found it that she could have done, she could have been that stupid at any other point in the whole thing. I think that we should have, like, reserved the Sonic Rainboom to, like, the very end of the movie when they're fighting all the villains. Well, that would have been a little bit cliche, I wouldn't mind, but... All I'm saying is that she could have done exactly the same thing. The same, oh, I want to do a Sonic Rainbow, let's do it right now. And in any other point, which wouldn't have caused that trouble. But no plot convenience. Like, yeah, I'm going to be just an idiot character just because I'm, we have to do this thing for this movie. And another thing is that they, they, don't, they don't use the same sound effect for the Sonic Rainbow anymore. They took it away. Yeah, that was kind of weird. It's like, like I, I don't know. I noticed that I in we... the season five finale, but I kind of just glanced over it because it didn't really, because it was it wasn't a brand new Sonic Rainboom, but now that this is a brand new one and they didn't have it, so did they just forget about it? Do they not own the rights to it anymore? I don't know. Well, and I have to go back to the thing I said a while ago that I love the sound effect. Even the Sonic Rainbow and everything, it all sounded amazing. Even if it wasn't the same sound as... Yeah, the sound was good, but it 
It was a little bit weird to not hear that familiar sound. You know, that whole sound effect. Yeah, I know, but even so, it was super great, and I have to say the animation was also amazing in that part. Yeah, it it looked good. Yeah, yeah, the animation was great. It looked beautiful. It's just it's still missing like that one small element that took me out of it a bit. You know, I'm a I mean, perfectionist. You use you could use that moment as a perfect opportunity to gather to the uh, show to the show's audience. Like, to the people who are watching it for the show. Like I said, I think there's these two very distinct audiences for the movie. People who haven't who haven't seen the show and who are still going to see the movie. And you could easily use that Sonic Rainbow scene to use it as kind of a nod to the fandom and to the show and whatnot. And it was kind of weird to see that they didn't use it. Instead, they went for something brand new. Like, the new look for the Sonic Rainbow I can dig because it was part of the new animation course, style yes. and whatever. Uh, so the look didn't bother me as much as the sound did. But then again, bother is kind of a strong word for it because I didn't feel bothered by it. I just It, it just felt a little bit strange. That's it. Oh, no. I, I made a mistake. What did you do? I'm on Twitter right now, and I, 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 I re- I'm just reading the hashtag. That's just, just a spoiler for... <laughs> Um, Walking Dead. Crap. Oh, no. No. Oh, no. I didn't want to see that. Crap. Oh, well. <laughs> you can mourn over the loss of your surprise I mean, later. at least they're saving money, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what were you saying? Uh, I was saying about the Sonic Rainbow. Basically, that I can understand why they go for the new style the visual style of it but the sound part of it it was kind of weird but not really something to be you know overly concerned about yeah and I guess that's all for Rainbow Dash yeah yeah that's pretty much it she's just Rainbow Dash she does have more moments than the other ponies but it's funny how thinking about it right now you can basically tell wh- how the difference in tone was in comparison to another character like Fluttershy, who was pretty much used as a punchline in her best moments. Yeah. And Rainbow Dash was more of a plot device there. Uh-huh. So it was funny to see that sort of thing, you know, because you give Rainbow Dash this big moment where she not only... Um, convinces the pirates to side with them but then she also basically brings the enemy to them so you got these very big plot propelling points coming from her but you don't get that much of light hearted things like the Fluttershy moments or the rarity moments or whatever yeah well I mean it makes sense. Different things for different characters. Of course. I guess on to the most active character in this movie, Pinkie Pie. Pinkie Pie. Well, what's funny she about... She was Pink- written well, to be honest. Like she, She's well yeah. written. Yeah, I do believe she was. And also, she seems like pretty much the secondary character next to our protagonist. She is both things I just talked about. Like, she's... 
She can be the comedy relief. She can be the plot device. She can be the punchline. She can be... It's great how she can be implemented in so many ways and still work. Like, that's so pinky. I just love her, like, freak-out moments. Like, when she's in the desert, like, losing her mind. And then when she's <laughs> that was attacking great. with the cupcakes, you know? Just like, ah! Then, uh, then when the giant cannon is reincorporated... <laughs> Yes. That's also hilarious, and that's also a pinky moment. Like, both times the giant cannon comes around, those are big pinky moments. And, and like, her, her, when her, like, saying her line, oh, I'm so excited, and everyone's so excited, like, that's a major callback to, like, the very first episode. Yeah. Yeah, I could also Which, I, like, when, like, when I was, like, listening to it, I was like, huh, are they reusing the same line? Huh. Just, hmm. Cool. Weird, huh? Yeah. <laughs> But again, it was a nice callback. What I like about the fan service in this movie is that it's so small yet so significant. Like, yeah, of course they overkilled it with Fluttershy's J and the whatever percent cooler. But then there were these smaller moments like Pinky's line or the fraction of a second that Cheese Sandwich is there. Oh yes, Cheese Sandwich. I forgot about that guy. Yeah, he's, like I said, he's there for, like, a fraction of a second. Like, I don't know you... why they didn't, like, just bring back Weird Al, because he said he's open to, like, doing it again. Yeah, and that would have been great. But then again, he just... Like, just for he one just line. was there, well, as a nod to the fans, and then he was gone, and that was it. He wasn't a part of this story, and that was fine by me. I just thought it was, it was great how lots of fan service in this movie are not such big things that, you know, may be distracting to someone who's not familiar with them. Like, when you see that scene where Cheese Sandwich is there, you don't need to be explained who he is if you don't know. Yeah. So, uh, again, what were you saying about Pinky? Flame? Anything to add? Uh, about Pinky? She was herself. I didn't see any major character changes or whatever. Uh, and I can say the same for pretty much everyone except for Twilight. Which in the movie. we should now transition to. Flawless transition. Oh boy, Twilight. She, uh, she is the protagonist of the most distracting moment of the movie. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, but go ahead. Yeah, that certain moment... It was well. First of all, there were many parts of the movie where I didn't feel it was her. It seemed like another character, especially uh, when she goes and steals the thing from the jellyfish thing. Got the thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I, that... I mean that. I mean that. I can understand a bit. No, I actually can't because she's a she's a princess. She has always been so correct in every way. I know that the kingdom of Equestria was in distress and they needed some desperate measures, but not even uh, Twilight, in, not even in that situation, she would ever just tell their friends to distract the queen while she steals the yeah, ultra magical. I think that's more of a Rainbow Dash thing to do. Yeah. And... Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, there were moments uh, like that. Well, I'll let you talk about it before I talk about what distracted me the most. Of course. But. 
there were so many points in this movie, since Twilight is the main focus, you can tell that's where the audience will be more split when you take into consideration both audiences I was talking about. There were a lot of moments when I was watching the movie that I went, wait, Twilight, what? what's up with Twilight? <laughs> yeah, like her face was just very, like, grumpy towards everything. Yeah, she seemed at some points kind of like she had gone back in time. And I can, I can understand, grown... like, her just, uh, like, oh, guys, why are you immediately trusting of the, these characters? But when she... Actually, that's one of the parts that didn't bother me. Oh, yeah, like, that's one that didn't bother me. But when she starts, um, I don't know, when, like, when she's more vocal about things that just don't need to be like that, she's, I don't know kind of overbearing maybe yeah it seemed weird to me to see this twilight because like i was saying it kind of feels like she's gone back in time like since we first saw twilight she has grown so much as a character and that's what causes the split that i was feeling because a lot of people are these character changes are just going to go over their heads but when you've been following this character for such a long time you can't help but immediately spot those moments when you're like, wait, why is why would Twilight say anything like this? Why would she do anything like this? And it's also strange because because of the writer of the movie. It's just like, this writer has written a lot of episodes where Twilight is one of the focuses. And so the question is like, why did she just... Why is she neglecting what we've been doing? Because she's done... A lot. Uh huh. Like two seasons worth of stuff. She should know the character much better than that. She's huh? she's written two other movies. She's written Rainbow Rocks and the Questier Girls. So. Yeah, I feel they should know that character way better than that. But then again, I have to wonder how many of the, her ideas were just like. No, you need to correct this so that we can make it more appealing to other kinds of people, right? Yeah. Because this is no longer a TV show we're talking about. This is a movie and sacrifices need to be made. And uh... I get that, but it's hard to buy that this is the same character at some point. I mean, I just feel it felt off. At Twilight... Of course she was the main focus, so she had no shortage of plot moments and funny moments and whatever moments. So, because she's our protagonist, of course. And uh, like we were saying, I actually agree with you, JPL, that I wasn't particularly bothered by the fact that she would use her friends as a distraction to try and steal the thing. Because it just seems so natural of her character. Like, it's something that Desperate Twilight would do. If she was just straight up refused help by her only hope. Get my meaning? Yeah. So I didn't feel that was out of character at all in the later so, scene. So, yeah. Now now let's talk about her out of character moment was saying like, oh, I wish we were never friends. Yes. Like the reason why I never, I don't like that is because it's just so cliche. And also... I, I the same way i felt that like they replaced the twilight character 
for this, you know, movie-going uh, screenwriting Like, techniques. oh, we need to have... Where you go, oh, we need conflict to transition into the third act, where uh, they're going to come back together again. Well, you know what I felt about that? I felt it was totally uncalled for. Exactly. I mean, I mean, okay, she says, I wouldn't want friends like you if she had a reason. But what what did Pinky do? She was singing and distracting and playing with the girl and, and helping, pretty much. And helping, yeah. She she did nothing wrong at all. Like the not only, even a single thing was wrong. The only like mistake that I saw Pinky do was like she jumped on the rope that made her fall almost to her death. That Twilight had to catch her. That's the only yeah. thing I can really see that she was being a nuisance. Everything else, she was just trying to be helpful. Yeah, and it was very weird. Like I said, it felt like Twilight was replaced with this cliche checklist screenwriting thing where you just go, oh, no, we need these characters to quote-unquote hate each other so that we can transition you into know, the bigger conflict later. And another, another reason why that just that line doesn't just not feel right is because right now we're, we're just, we just finished like seven seasons of a show how many years of that in Pony World we don't know, but that's a lot of time where Twilight could have said that line anywhere else, but they chose not to. Because she yeah. she learned that lesson. She learned the whole lesson about oh wh whatever it is about your friends back back when. And so that line just felt like, uh, why is she doing this? I don't know. I found it funny when I watched the movie that I I mean, I didn't find it funny because it's kind of logical, but I found it funny because I wasn't feeling alone like I do in some other opinions. Like, a lot of people were really bothered by this Twilight moment because it felt like the Twilight we knew was completely erased. She, at that point, uh, until they got back to Canterlot, at that moment I was completely disconnected, emotionally disconnected from the movie because that particular line was so distracting that I spent like the next five minutes going, wait, why, why is she doing this? Twilight wouldn't do that. Yeah, and That's... and I'm glad they did not follow that up with a sad song. It's like, oh my friends, they left me. Uh, kind of a moment, which I they kind of incorporate that. They into, just they uh... just skip that moment, just go straight to the villain song, which I think was a better thing that they did. But really, that was and it's. Hmm. It's uh, also kind of, it also kind of relieves a little bit of that, that Twilight realizes that she's the one that did the thing wrong right away. Like, they incorporate that sad song, that sad Twilight moment into uh, Tempest's song. And like, so she... you have a little bit of that incorporated into her song, and she's like, See how friendship has failed you, and no, I failed friendship, and, and it's it, so it, sad. And and it's also uh, like very disappointing because, like right right after she said that, there's just like this small scene where she's crying, and my focus is like, oh no, Twilight's crying. Is like, my thought process was like, man, that was like a, an odd line, but oh hey, that animation looks beautiful. Shame I'm <laughs> so distracted by that one line. Yeah, that completely took me out of the movie for, like I said, the next five minutes. And it, it was 
really, really distracting. I couldn't get my mind off of it. Like, the plot was moving forward, but I was still stuck in that moment. So I get I get what you're saying. Yeah. It was so weird. Other than that, I think the Twilight character was overall done well. I mean, you also need to introduce her to people who may not know her. So Also, she's an alicorn. And I'm just I, I'm just so disappointed that they just don't use their magic well. Yeah. Weird. She has like the biggest magic moment she's got is when she's stopping their fall. Oh, also another thing that took me out of the movie is like the fake death of Twilight. Ah, yeah, it's like we know nothing's going to happen to her. Of Can course, we move on this with is this? a kids' movie. We have another season coming on. You know that's not gonna, <laughs> it's not gonna fly. Yeah, we know nothing's gonna happen to her, so let's just move on, right? <laughs> yeah. But that didn't take me out of the movie as much as her snapping at Pinky did. That was just the weirdest moment of the entire movie. The whole movie was great in itself. Yeah. But that moment by itself, too, was enough to completely pull me out for a little bit. It was... Yeah, I just, couldn't completely just... process it. I mean, without that whole fake death thing, we, we wouldn't have that whole... Twilight flying down with holding the staff with that smug look on her face with the beautiful lighting. It's like, yeah. praise the Princess Alicorn. I mean, that's a cool shot, but... Yeah, it was cool, but again, it wasn't like there was any tension there. Something... Yeah. And her friends are just jerks, just like, oh no, Twilight, she fell away. Let's just start mourning her death right now. Oh, she's probably dead. <laughs> you know... <laughs> Uh, you, you know what I was thinking when they're trying to reach the was it the staff and doing this pony line kind of thing? Yeah, it's like sure Twilight doesn't have her magic so she can use it, but Rarity can. <laughs> Rarity can just pull the thing with her magic and, and that's it. Applejack is strong, so why isn't she? She, she could probably stand her ground there or use her lasso. <laughs> her invisible lasso that shows up whenever it needs to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Although the invisible lasso wasn't really established in, in the movie, so it's okay that it wasn't reincorporated per se. But it, yeah, that also felt kind of weird. And that's also another thing that I didn't think about until Flame Wolf over here brought it up. Like, wait, of, okay, Twilight can use her magic, but why can't Rarity? And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's just a lots of small things. It's like, um, magic. Teleportation. <laughs> oh, also, also when they're falling down, and <laughs> I guess I don't flap their wings and just fall down as well. Well, Rainbow does try to, but Twilight catches her anyway. And, like, and that also, kind of just that thing. Twilight, she shows like a feat of magic by making a balloon just quickly. Yes. She does that, but she can't do anything else. That was kind of funny, but then again, I could buy it because. Rainbow Dash, of course, was trying to get away on her own, and Twilight just grabbed her, and that was a funny comic relief moment. And also, I could buy Fluttershy not flying away, because, well, you know, Fluttershy, she just froze. Yeah, of course Fluttershy makes sense that she's going to fall to her death, but... Yeah. I mean, we have basically seen it happen a few times. Yeah. She'll just freeze and just start falling, and it doesn't really make that much sense because you're a Pegasus, but okay. 
Mm. I mean, they do tell you that she's a weak flyer. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I have to say about Twilight. I think she was overall executed well, but that one scene completely destroyed it for me. Mm -hmm. uh, it was it was put back together nicely again by the end of the movie. By the end of the movie, I could still see Twilight there and feel the whole vibe the movie was going for. But at that point, it just lost me. Yeah. So, anything else in terms of characters? Celestia and Luna, they were useless, as, as well as Cadence. Well, that was pretty much expected at this point. Of course. Celestia was as useless as always. Of course. Yeah, that that moment, the highlight of that moment was pretty much another piece of fan service that I'm sure you'll remember. Of course, and then we have uh, the derpy scene. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. The, the, that was, like, so brilliant fan service right there. Yes. Uh, I was wondering like, where Derpy was, and now we got to see her. <laughs> yeah, basically, you not only have excuse to not show her during the rest of the movie, but also you showed her in the most funny way you possibly could. I mean, it's a serious moment, and but then, oh, Twilight escapes, and what happens when the cloud of smoke fades away? Oh, it's Derpy, and to someone who knows the fandom, that's hilarious. You know, I also liked about that that it wasn't that Derpy jumped in front of her, but Rainbow Dash put her in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. I it wasn't even Derpy trying to be a hero. That was basically Rainbow Dash just put her there. <laughs> to she, like, she yelled out, Twilight pushed Derpy in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alright. I think that's all for characters right now. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think that's pretty much... And also we've covered a lot of the plot too. So is there anything else you want to mention about the plot about the plot yeah well there's this tiny thing that bothered me but not too much like i'm not sure inside my mind if i'm being nitpicky about it or it's really something that's so inconsistent because i was i was wondering at certain point in the movie when they are going with capper right and they're at his house thingy and the meal thingy. Yes. So, l later on, Tempest just arrives at this weird foreign town. Yeah. And, and she looks at Pinky's hair and is like, oh, they're definitely here. What letter to the town? Like, I'm not even bothered by what letter to the town, but also, like... Like I told you, I don't know if this is going to sound stupid, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's something that caught my eye. How did she know that this hair was like Pinky's in particular? Because for what we saw during the fight scene at the beginning of the movie when she was attacking and, the, you know, destroying the whole thing, freezing the princesses and whatnot, I don't think at any point... Tempest got any glance of Pinky. Well, I think the more point is, is like, oh, we have brightly colored hair. It's pastel colored. 
the only thing that we have are, is our ponies. That's it. Yeah, but, but it could be any other pink-haired pony. Except it wasn't. I, unless, you know, Grubber you gave her a description. Yeah, that's what my that's the conclusion my mind jumped to. Like probably Grubber told her, "Oh, she was with this pink pony and this rainbow pony and this, you know, yada yada yada." But <laughs> also at that moment when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, she immediately knows they're here because she saw this hair." But wait, didn't we also see all sorts of crazy-looking animals in those cages before? But Why not with can't... pink hair. Why can't the hair be from some weird creature that lives around here? Because we haven't established this place in the universe. Why can't there be pink if there can be these weird citizens? And we also have a furry cat. And we also have these weird aggressive animals that are caged for the black market. And so it was just something very minor that caught my eye. But I was like, how do you immediately assume that means they are here? Uh, <laughs> some smell like cotton candy. Yeah, maybe that. Something that I just I I I always wonder is just how did our characters get back to Canterlot all the way from there without any transportation? No, because uh, and, and also how did they get to the island? Like the pirates and Capper and everyone, they just show up in the island and that's it. Yeah, no, but they yeah, got there. The, they got there in the balloon. Yeah, I, I'm not too worried about that, but I'm just like wonders like, huh? You leave it off as like, yeah, we're gonna go and just rescue Twilight, and the line and their last line is, as soon as we find out a plan. I think it would have been better if they said, as soon as we find a way to get there. And then we cut to them there. And that would have been a much better line for it. Yeah. Or just incorporate a shipbuilding song. <laughs> a shipbuilding song. Yeah, that would have worked too, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but yeah, speaking about the plot, it it seemed okay, and the only thing that really distracted me was the Twilight moment, but not so much because of the plot itself, but because of the character who was driving that moment. The and... only thing about the plot I can say that bothered me was Storm's motivation and backstory and everything. He just shows up, he, sh he just shows up, he's evil, and that's it. Storm King is just Hasbro. It's like, for merchandise. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, he's evil, like I said, because evil. <laughs> That's the only thing that bugs me. Like, he's a monkey. I don't know where that thing comes from. He's just a monkey. <laughs> yeah, weird, huh? It would have been nice to see a little bit more of I, where I, they I, hail I from. I wanted, like, a much, like, better... Uh final battle between them two because you know the season four finale has this like dragon ball z style battle between twilight and t-rex yeah but he... that was a one-time thing <laughs> i know and so and and another thing that fans that i've heard a lot of other fans say is that this show the show uh, the movie played everything safe everything it did yeah it was so safe you know they didn't try to try new things you know they didn't try to see what they can do with this animation by having a special battle. They didn't like try to see try something new with the story. And yeah, that was the biggest thing was like, oh, they just they played it safe. And playing it safe isn't necessarily bad, but it's it's just eh, it's just there. Yeah, I mean, playing it safe uh, pretty much 
makes sure that you're safe, but it also makes sure that your story isn't as how could I say it? <laughs> you're, you're not you're not standing. Yeah, you're not really adding anything to this world. Except I mean, for sea ponies, pretty much. Sea ponies and maybe furries. Mm. And yeah, that that was pretty much it. It's like they just played it safe. I would actually like to see in the show that they reincorporate the whole desert place they were at. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to have that, though. It seems like they could... <laughs> or it would have been funny if they kind of sneaked in a Appaloosa uh, Easter egg there. Of course. But oh, other than that... I mean, I I know, say... like the designs for everything else. I mean, designs for the... Minor, uh, villain troopers, whatever you call them. Those. What are they called? I don't know. Those face. Those faceless. What? What are they called? Uh, additional voices. Uh, storm. Quite honest. Storm quite honestly. Guards, maybe. Quite honestly, up to this point, I've been calling them storm troopers, but I can see how that's confusing. Storm king trooper. Uh, yeah, that doesn't ca have the same kind of ring to it. Yeah, stormtroopers, pretty much. <laughs> stormtroopers. Like yeah. they are just so simply designed. Grubber is just boring. Like even like all the designs from the town was just boring. It's like there's nothing exciting from them. There's just like this giant humanoid Wind fish thing. with like not very much detail put into it. Yeah. Let's play spot the main character in that town. Yeah, <laughs> and you can point them out because they're not memorable to me, honestly. They're just generic uh, creatures. But I guess if they're just going to be there for that one particular scene, it's not that big of a problem. I actually found the Stormtrooper design to be pretty good. I like them. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah they were cool, but they're just the whole same. Yeah, except for Grubber. Ugh. <laughs> I was kind of waiting for that one. <laughs> mm hmm What else can be said about the plot? It's just your standard thing. Okay. So let's just... Uh, is, there anything to, is there anything else we got to say? I don't think so, no. No, I don't think so either. We can talk about favorite moments. Favorite moments? Oh boy, I would have to pick. I'm scar not sure. Them emotionally, that was the best. <laughs> we are going to scar them. Emotionally. Ah! <laughs> well, I also love the Sonic Rainbow. I would love to see that scene again just because of the sound and the animation. And that song was good too. It was good. I mean, I. Even. You can tell that I liked it because I purchased the soundtrack, but. Yeah, like I said, I didn't think the soundtrack was bad. I just didn't think it was outstanding. Yeah, just it's just the same as the show, you know? Yeah. Except the show does have a little ones that are better. <laughs> yeah, like you've got you've reached your prime. Like where else can you go at this point? Yeah. It's like again playing it safe, I guess. <laughs> uh, anyone else you have a favorite moment? Favorite moment? I would have to really think about it because I remember moments, but I haven't really stopped to think about which one would be my favorite. 
For me, my favorite moment is just the very last line, the last part of the movie. It's where Tempest is like, uh, Tempest isn't my real name. It's Fissipop Berry Twist. And <laughs> yeah, okay, yes, that was awesome. <laughs> because, like, me and my sister, we, we both watched it together. And, like, we were both laughing out loud at that point. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was... I also laughed. And not that loud. Not as loud as when they say that the will scar them emotionally. But I did laugh over there. It <laughs> yeah, was just, like, for me... It was just so great. Like... Wait, that that's actually not my my real name. Fizzle. Oh, so what is it? It's Fizzle Pop Berry Twist. Like for me, it's such a, I liked I it because it, it was the best way to end the movie off. Just yeah, with... because it was just like it drives home the point that she's that's a pony name. Like she's from Equestria. She's like them. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. The thing I thought about it is that it's such a pony name. It's it, something it, you it's would just expect. So random. It's like what? Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't have expected that from the movie, but I'm glad that it happened because it was great. It was great, yes. Yeah, you're right. That was a great moment. Other than that, I mean, I did like the whole pirate sequence. I'm not really a big fan of when they're in that town and with Capper and whatnot because, like I said, most of it felt really predictable. Yeah. And... Uh, also, that escape sequence with the CG backdrop where it looks like they're floating, that also took me away from the movie for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it was like, I've seen this happen before, <laughs> but it it still distracts me when it kind of looks like that. I get it, animating is not an easy thing to do, but when you got a professional group of animators and a budget and whatnot, I mean... It's just kind of distracting when everything else looks pretty good and that one particular scene looks kind of off. Yeah. But other than that, so like I said, the whole town thingy, that was definitely not a highlight for me. But the pirate thing, I mean, the song was nice. It moved the plot forward, even though it was kind of at a breakneck pace. And... um Yeah. And even though it was kind of simplistic, like what my, you know, uh, Flame was saying, he was saying like, oh, it's just their whole motivation was, you know what, we should be awesome, but awesome could mean anything. I still think it makes sense because of the reasons that I explained about one thing it's saying it's awesome and another one it's feeling awesome. And I guess it makes sense. It was kind of rushed. But that was a fun little sequence, and I really liked that. Although I also liked the scene with the gigantic uh, stair. The stairs? Yes. And it was funny how they acknowledge a question that one might have as an audience member when they said, like, why didn't we land the balloon up there? Yeah. I, I really liked that one because it was like, yeah, why didn't you land the balloon up there? What's the purpose of that? Just to have this one random rarity moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than that, as far as favorite moment goes, I guess you could say maybe a Tempest moment when she captured Twilight. Because I think it was good how they incorporated the whole sad Twilight moment. They also acknowledged that she was kind of a little bit out of character and they also used that opportunity to develop Tempest 
So I thought that was the moment that stood out for me. And I guess I'd have to go with either that one or the pirate sequence. Hmm. So, um, overall, how would you rate this movie? Out of ten. Out or, of ten. Or whatever you would like to rate it as. 7.5 or 8. Hmm. Yeah, I think I would stay at a 7. It's not a terrible movie. It's not an average movie. It's a good movie. It's entertaining. But I didn't think it do that many special things. I mean, if you stay, if you like stand down and consider things, I might even drop it to a 6.5 because it wasn't really impressive to me. It was it was great, but in a weird way that a lot of things were expected, a lot of things were just done safely. When you compare the soundtrack from the movie to the soundtrack from the show, at some point it falls short. There was the whole Twilight moment where you were like, these writers not getting the character, and it, it just felt weird like that. So I would have to say it would be around 6.5 or 7, because I didn't think it was fantastic. It just worked. I didn't think it... The sound design of the movie was great. That added to the entertainment. The animation was nice. It kind of grows on you the more you see it if you can get over how weird it is at first. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I'd have to say. I'd, I'd have to stand at a 6.5 or a 7. Yeah. Uh, for me, when I first watched it, I I said that I rated it, I rated it a, a, at an 8 out of 10, but now that I've seen it twice, I, I've thought it through. It's, it's between 8... And 7.5, it's around that numbering system. And so, yeah, it's not the best movie I've ever seen, but it's certainly not terrible. The fan service was handled nicely. Yes. I feel bad for the movie on Rotten Tomatoes, 45%. It's definitely not that bad. It's not that bad. It did. I mean, when you're saying 40%, you're already saying it's below average, and I mean, I wouldn't say it's, it's below average. Like, looking at it right now, it's rated better than Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad. I mean, I did have more fun watching MLP than either Batman v Superman or Suicide Squad, so... I mean, that's, in that's just an interesting note. But yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I could go into a whole discussion about how, why I feel that way about Batman v Superman, that's, but that's kind of out of topic. Oh, that's... I mean, that was like, uh, I don't know, two years ago at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, not we're, going, we're going done, to that we're, one, we're but I that do podcast. think... But, but, well, I wasn't invited to that one. No. That's on you. Hey. <laughs> you get, so, like, once yeah. every once in a while, okay? At least I consider it. <laughs> well, thank you. Yes. Uh, any final thoughts you'd like to say? No, I think what by saying the rating, like, I'm done. I've pretty much covered my entire opinion of the movie at this point with characters, soundtrack, style. You know, there's a thought that just came to my mind. That if a brony comes and asks me if they should watch the movie, I would, I would probably say no, you shouldn't. 
but you can if you want. <laughs> Unlike Equestria Girls, which was awesome, or Rainbow Rocks was awesome too. And I would totally say, yeah, you should go watch that. If they ask me, hey, do you think I should watch this movie? I, I would probably say no. It's it's not a must watch. It's Even not if a, you're a brony. It's, it's not, not a must watch, but you know, if you love the show and you want to just watch more, yeah, go ahead and watch the movie. Yeah, if you're a brony, I would say watch it because you're not going to feel like you're wasting your time. I mean, it's entertaining. It's good. It's just not outstanding. So I would say, yeah, yeah, watch it. I mean, it's not like you must watch it, but if you have the time, if you can do it, if you you, you just do it and you you'll have fun. You won't feel bored. I didn't feel bored. Yeah, it's just not the kind of thing that I would go ahead and recommend. <laughs> I wouldn't go out of my way to recommend it. That's for sure. But if someone, if somebody asked me if they should see it, I'd say yeah. I mean, to a brony, I'd recommend it to anyone else. Uh, they can probably watch the it. show first. I would tell them. Yeah. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up pretty nicely. Yeah, you can just skip it if you're not into the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. So um, I think uh, that's all I'd have to say about that. Okay, one one final thing I would like to say. How was your what was your audience like for the movie? Um, it was full of kids in the Spanish version. How how and... how full was it? Um. Uh, three quarters of the room. What? Three quarters? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I did go see it on premiere day, so. I mean, so did I, and I only had like five other people. And that's <laughs> that's funny. And we had like pretty much an empty room. When I saw it the first time, I went to see the premiere, and it was in Spanish, so the the room, like the theater, was almost full. Yeah. But the second time I went, it was interesting because I went to see it in English. And on that screening, I only had two other people in the theater. Yeah. It's... Like, it was, it was just me, my girlfriend, and uh, two other people. And that was it. Yeah. Like, movies, if you watch them in theater, they are definitely much better with an audience because there's emotion there. Yeah, if, if sometimes. It, if, 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 if you, you don't get I mean. an annoying audience. Of course. But that's for another time. And I think that's all we have about this, right? Yeah, I yeah I'd say that's it. All right. So, yeah. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for joining us. And I guess we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.